to I Am Not a Victim. I'm here. <laughs> it's so dark. I was planning on doing an interview today, um, but unfortunately, that didn't end up happening. So I wanted to still bring you an episode and share some exciting news and do a cool kind of post. I've been doing a lot of posts on my Instagram lately. It's just like more educational post based. Um, so I wanted to kind of touch on that on things that I learned from my last relationship and red flags. So I thought that would be fun um, because October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, kind of from the name of the podcast, which I'm going to be remodeling and revamping the whole the whole thing. More stuff to come soon with a website and a blog and stuff. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but I am not a victim. I used to subscribe to the term victim when I was a victim of domestic violence and things along those lines, but now I don't identify with that term anymore. I identify as a survivor, but I know that everyone's individual journey is kind of their own. So yeah. Um, what else? So since I am recording on Zoom, I wanted to make this a video episode. I don't do these often, but um, I am also uploading to YouTube now if you want to watch the interviews of my show, that's always an option to watch that via YouTube. And for my favorite news, my book is out. It's not officially out yet because I haven't received my own copy, but it is available for purchase. I'm going to link that in the show notes where you can buy Love is Insanity um, and talk a little bit about that too, because I'm very happy this book came out during October since it is DV Awareness Month. and. I wrote Love is Insanity over the course of a year. Um, so if you know the book before Love is Insanity, it was called Chasing Boys. And it was a really cute, like, I feel like this book doesn't get enough credit. It was such a cute ebook that I just threw together. Um, I, I didn't want a physical hard copy of a book because if you self-published before, you know what an investment that is. It could cost tens of thousands of dollars. Like, it's very expensive. So I wanted something very minimal and it was writings over the course of my summer and getting into a new relationship with my now ex. And it's just a very lovely collection of lyrics, song lyrics and poems. So after I wrote Chasing Boys, um, I started working on Love is Insanity and these names just kind of come to me. I thought that everyone says insane is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, isn't it interesting that after we get our heart broken over and over and over again, we quite literally fall in love again. And there's a really cool song by Kylie Morgan that I discovered today. She's a country singer and it's called Fireworks. And it kind of talks about that, that I liken love to childbirth. Like we forget the pain. So we do it again and again and again. And then we're like, I'm never going to do this again. Not that I've had kids, but I assume that's kind of what it's like. So I started writing Love is Insanity um, in my relationship with my ex-boyfriend over the course of a year. We dated for almost two years and um, it kind of takes you through the journey of the relationship, the ups and downs. And all of my books, even though they are prose, they do have a storyline. Um, Trauma, Tears, and Triumph was the love, the loss, and the lesson. And then love and sanity it's broken down into three sectors hurting hoping healing so at least i think that's what it is and so 
it starts out like in the beginning of the honeymoon phase and things are wonderful and my relationship my previous relationship uh, it started out like a dream we actually met in October two years ago and <laughs> I didn't like him at all at first <laughs> but he grew on me because he just he seemed so sweet and um, things were really fucking great for the first I don't know I want to say like nine months and then we had our first fight and we never recovered after that falling out it just things got worse and worse and worse and he started becoming very controlling which I cannot stand especially as someone that had controlling parents like I just projectile vomit over people that try to control me and um, it turns very very abusive verbally emotionally it was so psychologically abusive and although he never put his hands on me the mental abuse was pretty freaking bad <laughs> I started to lose myself and I eventually hated who I became I became the worst version of myself in that relationship and I continually thought okay it's me I'm the broken one I'm clearly damaged something is very wrong with me I need to fix myself and I just grew very resentful of him and I was always trying to do things to better the relationship and there's just a lot of blame, a lot of guilting me, a lot of shame, not accepting me for who I was, telling me I had to do X, Y, and Z, telling me I couldn't do X, Y, and Z, I couldn't talk to X, Y, and Z, so it was just really bad and it takes you through the struggle of that and the challenges and although I finished writing the book before I broke up with him for the final time, um, it, it's a really beautiful ending because it shares the lessons that I learned in that relationship. And ultimately, although I uh, I have some work to do on the forgiveness aspect with not just my ex, but with myself um, and that sort of thing, I learned some really fucking awesome lessons from that. And it really opened my eyes to where I need to continue to heal. So I am happily, happily single now and just want to do the work right now. I really just want to do the work. So I'm so excited to finally release Love is Insanity. I will be throwing a book signing party, hopefully in the holiday time at Barnes and Nobles. And um, I'm working on my fourth book. I started my fourth book when I went to Europe and it's called Confessions of a Wallflower. And I cannot wait to release it. I think after my my fifth book, Confessions of a Wallflower, because Love is Insanity is my fourth, I think I'm going to do a best of and put my favorite poems from all four books, five books together, into one big collection of poetry. And then I'm going to shift to autobiographical self-help. So that's my plan for my hopefully one day career as an author. But anyway, I want to get into this lesson today. So I'm going to pull up my Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm sharing a lot of cool posts that I've been working on that I feel are really beneficial to the collective and just a message that we all need to learn, including myself. But I started a series called My Ex Taught Me, and I want to take you through the lessons that I can't give him all the credit because a lot of it was my own introspection. introspection. <laughs> and, um, I want to share that with y'all. I also have it in Espanol for any of my Spanish speakers. And, uh, all right, let's just go through the bullet points. I wish I could share my screen. 
can I do that? Let me see. Technology is pretty cool. So that sometimes you can do that. Whiteboards. I'm not sure what that is. I'm not going to share my screen, y'all. That's too complicated. <laughs> All right. So um, my ex taught me control and love are not synonymous. And these messages are particularly important for anyone that is in a toxic relationship because I feel like this kind of encapsulate all dysfunctional unhealthy relationships and not to say I don't have any of these qualities um, I definitely have a lot of things I need to work on in myself but yeah control and love they're not the same you cannot love someone and control them at the same time love is freedom love is expansion love is interdependence it's not I'll love you if you look like this I'll love you when you do this I'll only love you and then x y and z like no you cannot love someone and try to make them fit into who you want them to be your definition of that and that's not to say that there's things that can't be worked on obviously in a relationship there's always things that we could be working on but together and they need to be agreed upon and mutually beneficial it's not only just for one person's benefit all right you shouldn't have to beg for someone's attention mm -mm. No, honey. And these are things I, I wish I could have told myself in the relationship. Because <laughs> it's interesting. When you're in a, an unhealthy and abusive relationship, it's like they got you. It's a mind control brainwashing kind of thing where you're already so deep into it that you just... Your mind and your judgment is just so clouded that you make excuses for them and you kind of rationalize it. And it's just not fucking okay. There's no justification for it. But you should not have to beg for the person you're dating's attention. And also, disclaimer, this isn't to say that they need to be giving you attention to 24-7, 24 hours a day. No, you need to be self-sufficient and know who you are and not rely on someone else for your own sense of identity and purpose and validation. But you should feel good for who you are in their presence. They should want to hold your hand and kiss you and hug you and not all the time but I know for me in my relationship I was literally begging to be touched like they just would not touch me <laughs> and it drove me fucking crazy and then you start to blame yourself you start to think is something wrong with me that this person doesn't want to be intimate with me is something wrong like am I repulsive I started to feel repulsive understandably so um you're not too much they're just not enough. I love that little spin because I saw a quote and it said, the the person was saying to their partner, oh, you're just too much. And then she was like, well, then go find less. Like if I'm too much, okay, cool. Um, my friend sent this to me. She said, baby, you're an ocean. And that person is just a fucking pond. And their pond is just too small and you're too big. And that's a beautiful fucking thing. Never shrink to fit into someone's box. Never, ever do that. Please, please, please don't do that. Um, Self-sacrifice is not the same as compromise. That's huge. You shouldn't have to abandon yourself for negotiation. Like I remember being told, oh, you don't like going out and drinking? Well, do it for me because it would make me happy if you drank more and wore makeup more and got new clothes, like all these things where he said 
this is compromising. You have to do things you don't like in a relationship to make the other person happy. And I was just like, you do? Like, since when? No. And uh, every, all of these things come with a caveat. Like, compromising is meeting the middle. It's balance. It's It's fairness. It's equity and equality. Like, it's not... You need to do something you hate and that makes you uncomfortable to appease me because compromise was me saying okay i don't necessarily want to go to a bar i don't like drinking i'm very introverted and sensitive so i don't like the loud noises and stuff what if i go what if we go for an hour or what if you go without me so that you're not worried about me bringing down the mood and not having a good time you can go do it but it was no we have to go for as long as I want and this is how it should be or else you fucking suck so self-sacrifice is not the same as compromise my friends there's a difference and manipulative people will try to trick you into thinking that you should sacrifice yourself in the name of love Mm -mm. at least Maybe that's how some people's relationship is. That's not how I personally want my relationship to be. Okay, asking to be seen does not make you a burden. You are not a burden because you want someone to see you and hear you and accept you for who you are. You're not a burden for wanting to spend time with someone, for wanting to talk to someone. You are not a If they tell you that you're hard to love, make it easy for them and walk away, okay? It's like, all right, you can't love me. You don't have the capacity to give me what I need. All right, then you're not for me. Good luck, goodbye. But someone that loves you will not tell you, oh, it's so hard to love you. You're lucky I love you because any other guy would have left you by now. Like, okay, then go. Okay, do me the fucking favor and go. (laughs) And I can laugh about this now, guys, but it's so hard when you're in it. It really is so fucking hard. So I understand. I'm not making fun. I was literally there, and these are the tests and the patterns that tend to come up in my relationships over and over again. And that's why I have this limiting belief of like, oh, something must be wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I'm inadequate. I'm inferior because everyone's told me x y and z and my last podcast um i don't know when i'll release it but i have a podcast called what's it called breaking your own limits and in breaking your own limits i would suggest checking it out if you haven't heard it yet i talk about how the beliefs and who we think we are these things are handed down to us from other people it's like other people throw their shit on us and then we take it on as our own and we make it personal and we we make it our story when it's really it's never been us like everything I've thought about myself for basically my whole life that I'm less than that I'm ugly and fat and that's why no one could ever love me that I'm undeserving I'm unworthy that's all a fucking lie that's all a lie and things that you believe about yourself too your limiting beliefs they're probably a lie too all right your person will not be scared away by your flaws. And again, it's not to say if you're actively in an addiction that they should just accept that and put up with it or you don't have to brush your teeth for 10 days and they just need to take it. Like, no, but 
you won't lose what's meant for you ultimately is what i'm trying to say all right someone who truly loves you won't want to change you again this isn't to say if you have things that are destructive to the relationship that you shouldn't work on that like please work on your shit and your shit is your shit and their shit is their shit but it's not i know i was told repeatedly like you are dirty and gross and you don't look good for me and if you loved me you would do your hair more I'm like, I like the way I look with my fucking hair like this, okay? I'm sorry. And I want someone that looks at me when I roll out of bed in the morning with no makeup on and morning breath and thinks that I'm the hottest thing since sliced bread. Like, maybe that's not what you want. Personally, that's what I want in my relationship. And I also don't want someone that values me based on the way that I look. Because clearly you're very insecure about the way that you look. So you have to project that shit onto me and judge me for the way that I look. Um, I don't really want that because guess what? Someone that I'm going to marry, I'm going to potentially have kids. I'm going to get old. I'm going to have gray hair. I'm probably going to gain weight and get fat. Like, okay, you marry someone because that shit is the least thing. The least interesting thing about the person is the way that they look. When I have a husband or a wife, I want my beauty. And if someone asks them, what's the reason why you love Lauren? My looks, I want that to be the very fucking last thing. Because that's the very, like, least important thing about a person. Like, sure, at first, when you're dating someone, it's probably the most important thing when you're courting or you're out at the bar or on Tinder or whatever, looking for someone. Like, looks is number one. I don't care what anyone says. You're not going to swipe right on someone that you're not attracted to because they have, I don't know, they like the same music as you. Like, maybe you will, but it's looks that matters first when you're first being attracted to someone, potentially, but it's what matters the least over the course of a relationship because you get to know someone and your morals align or they make you laugh and... You love the way they make you feel and the way that they treat you. And it's like, are you going to just throw that all away because someone's wearing a shirt that's three years old and not brand new from like Michael Kors? I don't fucking know. I'm done with my TED talk, okay? It's okay to disagree. It's not okay to invalidate or gaslight someone. The way that someone treats you when they don't agree with you says everything about how they feel about you. If someone doesn't fight fair, they don't respect you, okay? Anytime I ever fought with my ex, and I know I'm basing all of this off of that last relationship because it's so fresh in my mind, um, and I don't mean to shit talk this person, believe it or not, Um, but what was I saying? Anytime we would fight, he would always degrade me always like you're you are poor and you have too many student loans and you money doesn't pay the love doesn't pay the bills like all these just like hitting it where it hurts low blows and I never once said yeah well you're fucking I don't know whatever you're this and your mom wipes your ass and you're spoiled rich fucking kid from you've never had to like I've never said any of that shit 
I could have, I could have been mean and nasty, but I loved him. So I didn't, you know, do that. That's not something that you do. Um, someone that loves you, even if they have to work on their conflict resolution skills, like they, they won't verbally abuse you while you're fighting. <sighs> All right. Not getting your needs met is a valid reason to leave. Sorry, I just like ate <laughs> belching over here. I just ate grits, so I'm like still digesting. Okay, that's lovely. Authenticity, baby. I'm keeping it fucking real. Not getting your needs met is a valid enough reason to leave, damn it. I used to think I needed a really good re reason to leave a relationship, so I would talk myself out of it like, oh, he's a nice guy, so. I don't have the right to leave. You have the right to change your mind. If you're not getting your physical needs met, your emotional needs met, your sexual needs met, you have a good reason to leave. Like that's a big, that's a big deal. Firstly, you should meet your own needs, but there's a healthy balance in a relationship. It's a give and take. It's a, what's that called? Symbiosis? <laughs> I don't fucking know. All right, sexual compatibility is important sexual compatibility is so fucking important in a relationship i'm gonna be up on my soapbox with this one because if and i can make a whole episode about this but it is not okay for someone to withhold sex from you in a relationship if you both agreed upon having sex if you're asexual that's one thing okay and this ugh, it's, it's weird talking about this, especially as someone that's a sexual abuse survivor. I know it's a very touchy topic, but it's very interesting because I've been on both sides of this. Like, I've been on in another abusive relationship where the person was a sex addict and they would literally want sex all day, every day. It was terrible. In this last relationship, I... I'm getting emotional. I felt like my partner wasn't sexually attracted to me be because I expressed to him many times I needed sex at least once a week. I didn't think that was too much to ask. That was me negotiating because I could have sex every day. I'm very horny and sexual. But um, once a week, that's all I fucking asked for. And that was me lowering my standards and he wouldn't even do that. We would go like, I think we went two months without having sex and there was a time where I was like Lauren this kid is 25 however old he was like this is the most sexual he's ever gonna be in his life and I'm sorry it's only his sex drive is only gonna go down <laughs> the older we get I cannot I cannot do this anymore I will not like it was just I don't know if he was purposely withholding it from me but I'm sorry. He would tell me sex isn't the only important thing in a relationship. And it's true. Sex is not the only important thing in a relationship, but it is part of a romantic relationship. And I want to have sex with the person I'm dating. Like, otherwise, what is the difference between me and my friends? Like, you could just be a guy friend then because I'm not fucking my guy friends. I have a boyfriend because I want to fuck my boyfriend. I want my boyfriend to fuck me. And if you can't even fuck me, then why am I dating you? <laughs> if you don't even want to fucking be intimate with your own girlfriend. 
you shouldn't have to beg someone you're dating to sleep with you. And again, compromise, negotiation, meet halfway. It's not, oh, my needs matter and yours don't, or your needs matter and mine don't. It's agreeing upon. And if you agree upon something and that person doesn't follow through, then I'm sorry, they don't stick to their word. Okay. You won't have to chase what's meant for you. Self-explanatory. An insecure person will shame you for your insecurities, aka projection. You attract people who are highly critical of you because you are highly critical of yourself. The people that we attract into our life are a mirror reflection of how we feel about ourselves because a strong, not a strong person, but someone who has strong self-esteem and feels good about themselves, they're not going to date someone that tells them they look like shit. They just be like, okay, fuck you, bye. Next. But someone that has low confidence and thinks that they're trash on the inside, even like deep down subconsciously, they're going to attract a narcissist who says, if you gain five more pounds and breaking up with you, if you don't go to the gym more, you don't love me. Mm -mm, that's not normal. I'm sorry. No, just no. And they're so insecure that they need to take that out on you. Because maybe they're jealous. Maybe you're jealous I could go to the grocery store in my pajamas and be comfortable and be myself and not give a fuck what other people think. So you have to shame me for that and tell me that I'm lazy or I'm dirty or I don't take good care of myself. Just because they reject you, it doesn't mean you should reject you, baby. Mm-mm is the opposite. Like, when they reject you, you don't reject you. Please. Because who you're rejecting is that inner child, that sweet little perfect baby inside of you before you became tainted by the world. That's who you're rejecting. And when I do this inner child meditation by the author of Becoming the One, I cannot suggest that book enough. It changed my life. Um... I think of my little baby self, my cute, chubby, just squishable baby self. And I'm like, I, I cannot feel anything towards you besides love. And you have to give yourself the love that they won't give you. Abuse is never justifiable. Never. You shouldn't have to abandon yourself to keep someone. I've learned this so many times in relationships. I guess I didn't learn it fully because I keep having these relationships. <laughs> But, um, you shouldn't have to abandon yourself to keep someone. You shouldn't have to lose yourself to have someone in your life. That's not a healthy relationship. And that's not, frankly, a relationship that's going to last. And if it does last, you're going to hate yourself and then eventually hate that person, which is what ended up happening to me. I didn't hate my ex by any means. Uh, but I was very resentful towards him. And then I ended up doing things that I'm not proud to say I did because of that repressed emotions. You deserve to be heard and your feelings matter. Just to remind you, you're not selfish for wanting to feel wanted. Okay? Everyone wants to feel wanted. And if the person you're dating is making you feel unwanted, probably shouldn't date them anymore. You will not have to fight for the right person's love. You will never have to fight for the right person's love. 
I was begging at one point. Oh God. I was begging my ex to stay. I said, please, please, I'll do anything. Please just don't leave me. I've never done that before in my life. In my life, I've never been, I've always broken up with people in my relationships. That's pretty telling itself, but he broke up with me three times. And I just, I begged him, please, I'll do any, I remember saying, I'll do anything, just please don't leave me. Like, oh God, no, if you wanna go, here's the fucking door. And it's, it's so, I know I'm being kind of sarcastic and like crude. These things are so easy for me to reflect upon when I'm single. But when I'm in a relationship, it's it's very, very hard to gather that courage sometimes. I, I really understand that. It's not your job to rescue them. I don't care if they have childhood trauma. And that's coming from someone with a shitload of childhood trauma. That is for them to work on. And you're not supposed to save someone. You can't. It's, it's, I used to think if I was good enough, my love would save them and they would love me. No, that's codependency. That's enmeshment. And you probably need to go to therapy. They probably need to go to therapy. And y'all have to do the work outside of this relationship if you want to be in a relationship. Because your love, I believe God and love saves all whatever, but it's not your job to help them see the light. I thought, oh, well, he's hurting, he's wounded specifically with another relationship he had he was had child molestation and I thought wow that really that made him become the sociopath that he was so I tried to love it out of him and it ended up making me feel like I was failing and I realized that that's not the point of a relationship mm -mm. it's better to be lonely alone than lonely with someone fucking facts breaking up and getting back together is not normal well i guess it's normal but it's not healthy if you broke it up and gotten back together more than once i'm gonna say 99.999 percent chance i guarantee that relationship will not last your partner should feel like your lover and not your parent my ex was very author authoritative it was like my way or the highway, what I say goes, and if you go against it, then you're a bad little girl and I'm punishing you, and not in a fun, sexy way. I was like, God damn, are you my boyfriend or are you my dad? I'm like, fuck, and not in a good way. <laughs> not in a daddy way, like, no, scary way. Comfort is not the same as safety. Just because you feel comfortable with someone, it doesn't mean that it's a, it's a safe relationship. Unfortunately, sometimes we get just so comfortable because someone knows everything about us and we feel like fine. I don't know how to say it. it's not that we feel fine. We, we feel safe to be ourselves or naked with someone, but just comfort is not a reason to stay in a relationship. You become more like roommates than lovers, you know? You shouldn't negotiate who you are to fit their mold. I think I've said this 8,000 times. Nothing is wrong with you. What is wrong is the way that you're being loved improperly. If they won't choose you, choose your damn self. Choose your damn self. <laughs> oh gosh, this is so long. How long have I been recording for? I don't know. We're going to keep going. Should we keep going?
All right. Being your best friend is not the only reason to stay. My ex was my best fucking friend. He was like my everything. He knew everything about me. I was with him all the time. I talked to him all day, every day. So I was like, he's my best friend. I I don't want to break up with my best friend. Shouldn't the person you date be your best friend? It's like, yeah, they should. But that's not the only reason to stay. If they don't love you, if they can't accept you, it's not on you to love the demons out of someone. Their inability to love you is not a personal failure. And it's like, what is, you could be the juiciest freaking peach in the whole world, but there's going to be someone that doesn't like peaches. I didn't make that up. That's, someone made that up somewhere. If they recreate your trauma, it's abuse, not love. The way that my ex made me feel about myself was the, like, it mirrored my childhood wounds. That's a trauma bomb, that's not love. And it's, it's so funny because we unconsciously seek out people that are going to recreate the unresolved childhood wounding that we're ultimately attempting to resolve through them but then it just exacerbates it and makes it worse <laughs> oh human behavior it's so interesting <laughs> find someone who treats you as their equal not inferior find someone who treats you as their equal not their inferior should I say it a third time? Find someone that treats you as their equal, not inferior. My ex always thought he was better than me. He always thought he was so much better than me. And he like pitied me. And it made me feel like a pathetic loser. I don't want to be with someone that makes me feel like a pathetic loser. I don't know about you. Maybe we're some, some sadistic type shit, but I'm a pass. Love should integrate your wounds, not exacerbate them. That's what I just said, essentially. They could be a good person, but not good for you. I'm sure my ex is a really fucking awesome friend. His friends loved him. He was a great friend. Really good friend. Terrible boyfriend. But a great friend. A good son. A good person. Not a good boyfriend. Respect is everything. Amen. A safe person will help you trust yourself, not doubt yourself. I don't know about you, but I want a relationship that helps me feel more connected to myself, not disconnected. And that's that's something very common in abusive relationships, specifically where there's um, manipulation, gaslighting, verbal and mental abuse, is that it will detach you from your intuition. You'll start trusting yourself less, doubting yourself more. It's a recipe for disaster, and that shit takes takes hard work to relearn to trust yourself. I'm still working on it to this day. <laughs> a relationship that reinforces your fears is a trauma bond. So if you leave a relationship feeling like, yeah, everyone I love leaves me, everyone... Although that could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Everyone, everyone I love loves me less than I love them. That is a traumatic bond. That's not how we want to feel in a conscious relationship. Love is not enough to make a relationship last. 
the weight of the relationship should not fall on one person. It's not, you need to fix this and do that and this, 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 and I'm perfect. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, you will not feel damaged or broken in a healthy relationship. And there's a caveat to this because a healthy relationship, specifically if you've been in abusive relationships, will tend to trigger the fuck out of you and you might self-sabotage. So that's something to keep in mind. But specifically, if that's the case, you want to be with someone that will work on that shit with you, patient with you, and want to heal that together. Oh. Uh, yeah, I read them all. Okay. And this is our last slide. I don't have enough time to get into the red flags, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm fucking tired. My head hurts. We'll do that another day. Love should help you find yourself, not lose yourself. That's the whole premise of Love is Insanity, my book. Love should help you to find yourself, not lose yourself. You are worthy of love and you don't need to earn it. Manipulation and negotiation are not the same thing. <laughs> but they will manipulate you into thinking it is. Your person won't try to keep you small to make themselves feel large. Stop enduring pain and calling it love. Everyone I've loved, at least in romantic love, has hurt me so I learned that pain is love. I associated it. That real love is tumultuous and turbulent and unpredictable and the person I love is dangerous and I have to fight for their love and all this stuff. I'm unlearning that shit. Date someone who sees your value, not someone you have to prove it to. And lastly, a healthy relationship is stable, not constant ups and downs. Yes, there's going to be ups and downs. You're going to have good days and bad days. There's going to be highs and lows, but it's not, it's not this. It's not, it's not that. <laughs> it should be like this. <laughs> At least I think. I'm just going off of experience, you guys, so I don't know. These are just my personal thoughts, but it doesn't always have to be perfect. But you work on it together. It's someone that holds your hand and say, I want to get through this and I want to make it out better. And so my next little episode, I'll talk about dating red flags and dating green flags. That was a really cool post that I made. Um, dating green flags soon to be released. Haven't done that yet. But, um, yeah, I hope you liked this video. I know it was kind of long-winded and quirky, but that's just how I am. And, um, oh, why did I become so dark all of a sudden? So, yeah, um, that was fun. I was planning to have a domestic violence expert on for DV Awareness Month, but perhaps I'll release this one instead. And I do have some more episodes, interviews coming up in the near future, I don't think I'll be doing interviews after December 27th because that's when I'm leaving for Europe. Um, so it's kind of up in the air if I'm only going for three months or if I'm going for six. Hopefully six, but I have my reasons and backup plans if I only go for three. So it will all work out as it should and I'm trusting the process and it'll unfold. And I'll keep you guys posted. 
Okay, cool. So thank you so much for watching this. I hope you took something away. I want to hear what your favorite one was, which one you resonate with most. Again, you can follow me on Instagram to stay up to date on all this stuff. Um, and I hope you learned something from this. I hope you got a good laugh. I hope you had a good realization. And stay tuned for my website to come and weekly blogging and just a bunch of good stuff and my travel vlog. I'm going to be making a travel vlog as I venture throughout Europe. I plan on going to Italy, Spain, Portugal, Greece, and France. And then if I stay for the six months, I'll be going to the UK. I plan to visit Scotland, Ireland, and London. So I'm really excited. So we'll see. And I love you so much. I appreciate you watching this so much maybe share with a friend or repost it if you want to if you're feeling extra generous and you want to spread the love and i'll talk to you in the next episode